Go in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 6. How many would like to know what Jesus did the moment he got through calling his 12 disciples? Would you like to know that? They all went to Arby's. No, that wasn't what happened. <clears throat> Luke chapter 6, verse number 17. And Jesus came down with the disciples and stood in the valley and the company of all of his disciples and a great multitude of people went out of Judea and from Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Friend, they walked a long way on rocky ground to be able to be there. You ever go to Israel, you'll see them people, the tough and rugged bunch now. Wasn't like they all jumped in their Jeep and took off somewhere. Uh, it took a while to get to where they were going. And here all the people were there, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they that were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch Jesus, for there went virtue out of him, and he healed them all. Father, take the few words that we're going to speak this day, and I'm praying, God, that there will be life to every person that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. A few weeks ago, the drama team went to Fairfield, and the accounts that I got back from the drama team was all. Oh, people were just fascinated with the drama team. But the best phone call that I got was from Roger Fornwalt. Goes to Fairfield Branch. He said, Mark, the drama team was great. But the greatest thing about the drama team was when the drama was over, they went down and they was walking through the crowd and they was shaking people's hands said, you could tell that meant so much to the people that were there. Jesus, after he called the disciples, he went down into the valley where everybody was at and mixed and mingled. We got a wrong concept of God, that God is so far above and in the heavens, and it's almost like there's an unattachment there and a detachment to where it's just so far and he don't know. No, 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 no. Jesus shows us, and we look throughout the Gospels, where he cared for the people, he came to where the people were at. There's an old Southern Gospel song. And oh, boy, I don't remember very many Southern Gospel songs. But he came, that's right, Norm. But he came down to our level because we couldn't get up to his. That's true. That's true. Jesus came down to where we were at. I read an account the other day of JFK, and at one point he told Jacqueline, when we, when we get off of the airplane and we walk through the crowd, let's walk through the crowd slowly. I like that. I think that's what Jesus would have done. About 10 or 12 years ago, me and Kay and the kids were in uh, Virginia, and we was there in, I think it was Virginia Beach, and we decided since we was there, we'd go to the 700 Club. And 
her family, which they was along, and that's always the rat was, well, that, it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> but to this day, they kid me because I was uh, backing up in that huge parking lot, and it was a big parking lot, and it was all Kay's fault because her, her was in that car hers, and she, she you know, tear up an iron wedge, but uh, the mirror was off. And I'm backing up, and just kabang, I hit into one of them big concrete light poles that they had. So I left my mark at the 700 Club. <laughs> but we was at that 700 Club at that taping of that show, and when that show was over, Pat Robertson, and there was probably 40, 50 people in the crowd, Pat Robertson walked by, walked straight on by us, and kept his head down the whole time. Right out the side door. And the producer of the show came up to all, all of us, all 30, 40, 50 of us, and says, Pat, he's, he, he's got, a, he's got a, a plane to catch, and, and he's just so busy, and he's so this, and he's so that. And I'm thinking, no, no. How long does it take to say, we're glad you all came today. I got to go catch a plane. And he didn't do that, though. And I'm not, I'm not here to, to make snide remarks about Pat Robertson. My point is this. Jesus wouldn't have done that. Jesus would have took some time and would have said hi and would have said at least something. Jesus came to where the disciples and the multitude was at. It wasn't, I've called my disciples. We are so above everyone else, and you are so beneath us. No, he went right to where they were at. This is why at Orchardville Church, we don't have a whole lot of formality and a whole lot of high church. And you'll never see the preacher wearing a dress. I don't care if they do call it a robe. It's a dress. And the guy at Rome, he's got the fanciest dress of them all. How many of you ever heard the story of Conrad the cobbler? Wow, you're going to learn something today. His job was, and Richard, that's not a food. That he said, well, not, no. No, he was a shoemaker. And he, somebody said, oh. <laughs> I guess you're really attached to your food when you name your pies. This is Conrad the cobbler. <laughs> Let me back up. Conrad the shoemaker. And in this, he has a dream that Jesus is going to be at his house and meet with him that day. And he wakes up from that dream so excited about that. And as his profession was with him making shoes, he made that morning the best shoes he had ever made. And was going to give them to Jesus. And he made the best meal he had ever cooked and was going to give it to Jesus. And we got all of that done. Then he started cleaning all of the house and got everything just right. And then 
He's so excited Jesus is here, just like in the dream. And he goes and he opens up the door, and it's a homeless man. And the homeless man says, Conrad, it's getting cold, and, and my shoes, are they've got holes in them. What can you do for me? And he's going, well, you know, I've got an important guest that's about to be here. Yeah, but I need these shoes, right? And he knows he's supposed to give the shoes that he made for Jesus. And he gives the man the shoes. And the man thanks him, and he, and he walks off and closes the door. He waits. He's going to be here. There's an old woman. Conrad, I know you're a Christian man. I don't know where else to go. I'm hungry. I need some food. And while she's talking, she looks beyond Conrad and beyond the open door and sees the table with all the turkey and the dressing. And he says, come on in. And she eats the meal. And she leaves. It's a little boy. Sir, I'm lost. And I don't know how to get home. Well, boy, I don't know who you are. Yeah, but I need your help. Where do you live? I don't know. But I live by this certain building, and Conrad knew where that was at. Takes the boy and shuts the door, walks out, and he's thinking the whole time, I'm going to miss Jesus. He's going to come to my house while I'm helping this little boy. And he gets back to the house. He sits at the table. The shoes are gone that he made. The meal's about half gone. The day is about all gone. And he's thinking, Lord, you promised me, and you never did show up. And then the story says this. Why is it, Lord, that your feet delay? Did you forget that this was the day? Then off in the silence, a voice was heard. Lift up your head, for I have kept my word. Three times I knocked on your lowly door. Three times my shadow was on your floor. I was the man with the bruised feet. I was the woman you gave food to eat. I was the child on the homeless street. Let me give you a Bible verse to back that up. Jesus said, when you've done it, Unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. And thank God, and it is an emphasis every Sunday, what we do here on Sunday morning and what happens on Wednesday night, but it is an emphasis as well for every ministry that this church has, whether it's done inside these walls or outside these walls. And one of the greatest examples of that is the CD ministry. And I could give you example after example of people that have phoned here, people that have, that have emailed here, people that have, are in some other state and many times in some other country that have thanked us for the CD ministry and it's we will never have them person not one time show up in this church but it's been a blessing in their life and thank God you have been faithful for that to happen. Thank God for that. We had a guy that emailed from the Ivory Coast. That's Africa. 
an American businesswoman, upon paying her bill at the hotel, he was the hotel manager, when she paid her bill, she handed him an Orchardville Church CD and said, you've got to listen to this sermon. Who was that woman? Nobody knows. We don't know who that woman was. But she got that CD and she passed that CD on and that would have never, ever happened without the faithfulness of God's people right here at Orchardville Church. So thank God for every one of you. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Acts chapter 1, it says, the angel said, this same Jesus that you see leaving today will be exactly the same Jesus that will come again someday. The same. The same Jesus that was in the New Testament was in the Old Testament. The voice of the Lord God walking in the garden saying, Adam, where are you? Listen to me. When God asks a question, it's never to get information. He knows. Adam, where are you? And Adam has to self-realize, I am not where I was yesterday. When I had a sweet communion with God, and now I am hiding from God. God goes after people, looking for people. The Bible says in the New Testament, Jesus said these words, that the shepherd goes out looking for the lost sheep until he finds that lost sheep. Not until he gets tired, until he finds that lost sheep. About 10 years ago, me and my son was working on a house. It was a remodeled job. And he's, Josh happened to be in the same room where I was at. And about that time, the phone rang. And I knew as well as I knew my name, I was supposed to pick up that phone. And I told Josh, I'm supposed to answer that phone. And he said, what? He knew dad didn't hardly answer his own phone, let alone answer somebody else's phone. I'm supposed to answer that phone. And I picked up that phone, and a woman's voice on the other end said, is this the Psychic Network hotline? (laughs) And I said, no, it's not. And she said, I'm trying to call the Psychic Network hotline. I said, ma'am, can I give you some free advice? And she said, free? Just like that. I said, yeah, you don't need the Psychic Network hotline. You need Jesus in your life. Paul's on the other end of the phone, and she goes, No, I need the Psychic Network hotline. (laughs) I said, lady, this is not my phone. I'm working in this house. I don't ever, I don't know if I've ever picked up someone else's phone, but I knew I was supposed to pick up this phone. I knew that. With everything that's going on and six billion people in the world, you're trying to call the Psychic Network hotline, And who was the woman that was in all that, that singer? Uh, Dionne Warwick. I mean, and eventually that place, the whole thing went out of business. And it's like, if they was real psychics, they would have knew they was going to go out of business. They would have done something different (laughs) to not go out of business. Come on. 
I said, lady, with everything that's going on in the world, and we talked about, I mentioned a few, uh, a plane that had, uh, that had miraculously landed and some other things that had happened, and I said, do you think God knows about that? Why, yeah, he knows about that. And I mentioned about the president, what he was doing right then and, and at that time. And I, and I do you know what the, the God of heaven knows about that? Well, of course he knows about that. I said, if God knows about that, God knows that you was going to call here today and I was going to pick up this phone and we were going to talk. I said, Jesus Christ can impact your life unlike anything on this planet. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short of God. We all need Jesus as our Savior. I said, I'd love to pray with you right now. And she said, I won't pray with you now, but you've certainly given me something to think about. Listen, God still in 2000, 2011, he's still looking for people to save no matter who they are. It don't matter if it's, if it was uh, 1 AD, it don't matter if it was the year 2000 with me talking to that woman, it don't matter if it's the year 2011, it don't matter if it's next year, 2012, God's still going to be trying to find somebody. Bible says in Genesis chapter 32, Jacob was left alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The New Testament truth is the peace of God that passes all understanding can be with you. And listen, there are people here that has lost a spouse. And the, and the hole that's in your life, all I can tell you is because of the grace of God and the love of God for us, that God can help fill that emptiness and that loneliness that you feel. God can do that. God can do that. Joshua in the Old Testament was facing a battle. Guess what? The Lord stood with him and strengthened him. Daniel in the Old Testament Standing a battle, standing there, I mean, ramrod straight. And they threw him into the lion's den. And what happened? God came through for that man. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and off the bed we go. That's a pretty good one, really. The heathen king said, bow before me, and they would not. They said, we will burn before we will bow. And God saw that and smiled upon that, and God was there with them when they was going through that. Philosophy says, think your way out. Indulgence says, drink your way out. Politics says, spend your way out. Oh, brother, do they ever. Oh, Hey, you know when it's really cold? When you see a politician on the street corner and he's got his hands in his own pockets. <laughs> Science says invent your way out. Industry says work your way out. The military says fight your way out. Religion says pray your way out. And Jesus said, I am your way out. I'll tell you one of the mightiest examples of faith to me in the Bible, Mary Magdalene. Jesus has been crucified for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is in the tomb, and, Jesus, and Mary says these words. She don't know what to do. She don't know, she don't know which way's up. 
the best friend she's ever had in her life, the man that delivered her, the man that was her savior, everything about Jesus. He had brought her and rescued her out. Listen to the faith-filled words of this woman. They have taken away, these are the words, my Lord. She couldn't see Jesus. She couldn't hear Jesus. She couldn't sense Jesus, but he was still her Lord. I love that. I love that. Oh, preacher, I can't be victorious unless I'm shouting on the mountain. Well, I'm going to tell you, truth be known, sometime there's going to be a valley. Sometimes you're not going to feel him like you want to feel him. Sometimes you're not going to hear him like you want to hear him. Sometimes you're not going to see him like you want to see him. But if we can have the same kind of faith that Mary Magdalene had, they have taken away my Lord. And thank God, Jesus rewarded that kind of faith. The very first person to see the resurrected Son of God, Mary Magdalene. Thank God. You know, I've been preaching for over 30 years. I know I don't look that old. <laughs> Somebody said, sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> I've preached over 3,000 times. I've been preaching about a man that I have never physically seen. But I know he's real. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. When I see this book, I think of Jesus Christ. Because I know everything about this book. Is about him. Paul the apostle, before he was Paul the apostle, he was Saul, the persecutor of the church. And he could look in the Old Testament and not see Jesus anywhere. The moment he was born again, he seen Jesus on every page of this book. In Genesis, he's the promised one. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the scapegoat. In Numbers, he's the brazen serpent. In Deuteronomy, he's the great lawgiver. In Joshua, he's prophet, priest, and king. In Judges, he's the judge of all the world. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In Samuel, he's the anointer of kings. In Kings, he's king of kings and lord of lords. In Chronicles, he's the great historian. In Ezra, he's the rebuilder of the temple. And in Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the wall. In Esther, he's the savior of Israel. In Job, I love this one, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Psalms, he's the song of the ages. In Proverbs, he's truth. In Ecclesiastes, he's the wonderful preacher. In Song of Solomon, he's the lover of my soul. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, his mercy is new every morning. In Ezekiel, he's the wheel in the middle of a wheel. In Daniel, he's the stone cut without hands. In Hosea, he's the forgiving one. In Joel, he pours out his spirit. In Amos, he's the spiritual plumb line for all of his people. In Obadiah, he's holiness and deliverance. In Jonah, oh, this is a good one. He goes after that backslider. In Micah, he's the redeemer that will be born in Bethlehem. In Nahum, he is slow to anger, thank God. In Habakkuk, he's my salvation and my strength. In Zephaniah, he rejoices over me with singing. Now, I like that. Do you understand that God rejoices over you with singing? Do you think ever think of God as God singing? I really 
like that one. In Haggai, he is with me. In Zechariah, he tells me, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. In Malachi, he says, he rises with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he's king of kings. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he is the name that we call upon for salvation. In Romans, he's the dynamite of the gospel. In Corinthians, he's restorer. In Galatians, he's the written veil. In Ephesians, he's the heavenly one. In Philippians, he's our supply. In Colossians, he's the hope of glory. In Thessalonians, he's coming again for us. In Titus, he's our blessed hope. In Philemon, he forgives the runaway. In Hebrews, he's the best of all. In James, he's the fulfiller of the law. In Peter, he's the foundation of our salvation. In 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he's our assurance. In Jude, he can keep us from falling. And in Revelation, he's the one that said, I am he that was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, even so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. What did they do in the days of Noah? The Bible lets us know. They drank, they ate, they married, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Preacher, what's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. It's what's been left out. God's not mentioned And the very same problem that was on this planet thousands of years ago is the self-same problem that we have today. People want to live their life and at best put God in a box somewhere and at worst never think about him at all. Let me do my own thing, thank you very much, is the attitude that billions of people have. And God gives us the very next breath that we breathe. Same problem. Same answer. God supplied a boat. A means of salvation from judgment. Same answer today. God has provided a means for salvation through his son Jesus. All we got to do is step on board. See, I'm not asking you to hang on. It's what a lot of preachers preach. Just hang on. Hang on. Hang on. No, I ain't doing that. The Bible don't say that Noah took eight nails and nailed them to the outside of the ark. And said, all right, gang, let's hang on. That ain't what it says. They stepped on in the ark. That's what I'm asking of you today. If you're unsafe, step on board that ark. God can hold us up. God can hold us up. There are a lot of people who don't think God can. It's like the old man that, that never had flew a plane before. And he got on board the plane flying to England. And, and they, he was just nervous the whole time. And, and he kept his feet off, the, off the, the floor, and he kind of kept his arms up. And they said, what are you doing, sir? And he goes, I just don't know if this plane can hold me up or not. <laughs> Noah, what are you doing? 
I'm building a boat. What for? So it'll float. Well, Noah, why would it float? Well, because of the water. Well, Noah, where's all the water going to come from? It's going to rain. Noah, what's rain? I don't know. It never rained before. God watered the earth with mist that come up out of the ground. It had never rained before. Mist that was just there covering everything. Never had rained before. Noah, how long have you been working on this boat? Hmm, over 100 years. Noah, you're the minority here. And Noah said, yeah, but tomorrow I'll be the majority. <laughs> Noah, what's that in your hand? This, this is the final nail. Noah, what's that in the sky? That's a cloud. Noah, what's that noise I hear in the distance? That's thunder. Noah, what's this falling on my head? That's the beginning of a flood. Noah, how did you know this was going to happen? God told me. God told me. Someday Jesus is going to show up in a big way. And we're going to know because God told us. <coughs> Sing it with me if you know it. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. That's what I want from this church. Every person to be there. And we can't. Because Jesus, he walks right down to where we're at. Right down to where we're at. Thank God for that. He's not asking us to get just right. He's not asking us to... Oh, you got to live it. You got to get it all cleaned up before you go to church. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. He's saying, you come on just like you are. You come on just like you are. That young girl back in the Victorian age heard the preacher preach, and she just couldn't get it. She just couldn't understand. How could God forgive me? And he'd, he'd talk with her afterwards and said, Charlotte. You just got to, you just come on, just come on, just, just, just as you are. And that night she went home and in her own bedroom, she asked Jesus to save her. And the same night she wrote, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Thank God. That's the kind of savior that we serve. He comes right down to where we're at comes right down to that valley. And this same Jesus that we've seen in the Old Testament, we see in the New, and we see right here in the here and now. Let's all stand. Thank God. <clears throat> Father, take the words that we have spoken here this day, and I am praying, God, 
for every person that would be here that's never said yes to you, I'm praying that today would be the day of days in their life that they're going to know this same Jesus that called the disciples, the same Jesus that went down to the valley where they were at, this same Jesus cares for me and loves me. This same Jesus will receive me unto himself. This same Jesus, not another, this same one. If you're here as a Christian person and you have a desire to, to pray or desire a burden to see someone saved, a desire upon your heart, we pray that you would come forward as well and help God to cement that within our spirit to know that, yes, we can see people born again by the power of Jesus Christ. Let that become solid within our life. In Jesus' name, amen.
our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. saw Jesus.